live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest show on earth. It's kicking it with Clayton. I am your host, Clayton Thomas. Uh, to my left, I have some amazing people that are in the room with me that I cannot wait to introduce. A young lady by the name of Haley Alexis. She's a mother. She's an actress. She has a uh, almost a one-piece gray sweatsuit on today. She's doing her thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Haley Alexis, make some noise. Hey. <laughs> How are you? I'm pretty good. Mm. I'm amazing, actually. Um, I rushed here. Did you? I was in Duarte. I don't even know what Duarte okay. is. I don't know either. Are the 210? But, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, LA hopefully nobody from my job is listening because I'm supposed to be at work right now. Well, technically, you at, see, what they don't know is you are here via satellite. <laughs> oh, that part. Yeah. yeah. To her left, I have one of my homies, man. This guy is uh, in, he's incredible. He's dropping weight. He's got on tighter shirts. You see what the brother's doing. <laughs> he's a father. He's an actor. He used to bang, but now he bangs for the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Leon Ross, make some noise. Yep. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was very dry. Make some noise, Leon Ross. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How are you, man? Dinner. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let Dinner. me tell you something, man. I saw Leon post a picture of himself, the before and the after, as far as, uh, I guess, the beginning of your weight loss journey mm -hmm. to now. You're looking incredible. Thank you, bro. How do you feel, man? Man, I feel great, bro. I have more energy, more everything. I can't wait to have sex now, man. Wow. That's because, yeah. uh, you know, it's been two years. Yeah, it's been two years, man. I'm just, woof. <laughs> woof. The question of the day that I would like to ask, first of all, huge shout out to uh, Jessica Lee. How are you, Jessica Lee? I'm doing well. Thank good you. Good to see you. Uh, you know what? I am not good. However, I am going to be even better. You understand? Ooh. I do. Uh, so my question is, number one, can we turn this air on? Because it's, uh, <laughs> it's a little warm in this thing. Just ask Darren or Phil how to turn that air on. Uh, two, I would like to hit you guys with the question of the day. The question of the day. What was your best childhood memory? The number is 323-879-4445. That is 323-879-4445. Haley Alexis, thinking back to when you were just a wee young lady, yeah. what was your best childhood memory? Yeah. Um, my childhood memory would have to be, okay, I have a couple, but I'm going to go with this one. Let's hear it. My grandmother used to own a convenience store, right, mm. around the neighborhood, and she would pay me and my siblings to sort out night crawlers. Mm. For those that don't know what night crawlers are, those are worms that you go fishing with, the thick ones, they're long and aggressive. <laughs> and aggressive. <laughs> so we would, she would pay us 50 cents to oh, okay. uh, count them out for, I felt like hours in the fridge. Coming up. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, whoa, it actually whoa, whoa. in the fridge. Yeah, this was they, had, food? they had to stay. Well, no, well, yeah. Oh, your grandma, wow. <laughs> it was a you know a country convenience store, mm -hmm. you know, so nobody care about that. We, they go eat a turkey sandwich with dirt uh, in their nails. I'm tripping because you said the convenience store. This is where it happened, as opposed to the home. Right. That's, okay. Cool. Right. Yeah. So that would be one because it, it really taught us to, you know, one enjoy mm -hmm. the labor of of the like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we have to work for what we like to do. We Absolutely. like to go fishing, but we, we like to give free stuff out the store. But these are the, the scenes behind mm -hmm. it all. Um, I don't know. It this, it was fun. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> gross. but uh, Leon Ross, give it to me. One of your favorite childhood memories, tight shirt. Give it to me, brother. Tight shirt. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm barely breathing this motherfucker, too. I ain't going to lie to you, man. I took a chance. Oh, I'm going to wear this motherfucker today. I took a chance. I ain't going to lie. Um, I, have, I have two memories, actually. Mm. One good and one great, right? Oh, that's a great. Give, wow. give me the good one first. Good so the great. good one is, all, like, I have a humongous family, like, mm -hmm. 10 aunties, 12 uncles, that kind of family, right? So I have... Grandparents was wild. Yeah, so... <laughs> Um, so I'm like the most saved dude in my family. Um, as far as, you know, I only got one kid and I'm 33. So, um, Word. but I have, um, 
I love growing up, like growing up with my cousins, like we always played. And when we have like family functions, it would be like 60, 70 people, mm. 50 kids. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. so that's my that's my favorite. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's that's the good one. The great one is remembering my dad always flaking on me. <sighs> oh, because it made me a great father. Like it made me to the point where I'm not gonna do anything my dad did. Yeah. Let me tell you something, man. Wow. Before you get to the great memory, uh, the <laughs> you are not a man, in my opinion, until you realize that your father flaked on you a couple times. Just that, mm-hmm. You cannot be in society until your father don't flake. I remember waiting on my dad. He told me, yeah, I'm going to be over there in a couple hours, come get you. I'm like, cool. I'm waiting by the window, because we live in an apartment complex at the time. I'm looking out the window for all oh, the cars man. to come in. No, no, I don't look like my daddy car. That's probably my dad. Let me start getting downstairs. He didn't come. I'm pissed, right? He comes the next day, and you mad until you see your dad, right. and you let Thanks. it go. But, yo, that Flake City, your mama come. Well, you know, maybe your daddy ain't. Mama, I need you to stall me out. Because <laughs> he said he's on his way. Oh, <laughs> Give me the great one. Uh, that was the great one. The great one was my dad flaking on yeah. me because it made me a great father. No way. Yeah. You That's, can't put that over the family reunion it, issue. It is, man, because now I don't see my family. So that, that that's wow. that's done. Yeah, my, yeah. All my wow. family is all, everybody grown and on different parts of the country and yeah. other countries. So it's like all I got is my immediate family now, which is crazy. Mm. Man, so I, so I gotta wait to I gotta wait to the family reunion to see him now. When is the next family reunion? Uh, my dad just called me today. Me and my dad cool now. We tight now. Yeah. Once I once I realized how baby mamas are, mm. not so my mom yeah. is a baby mama, but once yeah. I realized, okay, baby mamas is crazy. They are very. They will make you not want to fuck uh, with your kid. Uh, I heard. So once I realized that, once I became a father, I was like, okay, you know, what? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start this nigga out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do that. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be cool with him. So wow. we, we actually we actually really tight now though. You know um, what's interesting is. I think after every man who's fortunate enough to have a conversation with their father after they become men, you see things differently than you did as a kid if you were raised by your mom. Uh, Because, you know, you realize there's two sides of the story, although you don't negate anything that your mother went through, you just realize, like, okay, well, you know, two people had feelings in this situation. And, you know, you're able to, hopefully you've had a conversation with him like I did with my dad, where I was like, look, man, this is what angered me as a child Uh from you. And then you're able to be released and therapized, therapeuticized. Therapeutic, yeah. I like that. It's very therapeutic when you get a chance to have that conversation. Uh, Haley with the Nightcrawlers, Leon with the Father Abandonment and the Family. Uh, My favorite, because this always comes to my head whenever I'm thinking about my mom. When I was little, my mother would, uh, she would have a book. She always read books. And she would read a book, and she would take me to the park to play, right? And she'd be talking to her friend, yeah, girl, I'm about to take him to the park. He's going to be out there ripping and running. (laughs) And she took took me to this park to this day. Because, you know, a lot of times as kids, you see something that is like, oh, this is a lot of park. Like, this is really big. As an adult, I went back home like a month ago, and I saw this park, and it's still equally as large. Oh, wow. So I can only imagine how much bigger it was as a kid. <laughs> I ran across this whole field just to get to the slide. I ain't waiting for my mama to park or nothing. And I just get there, and uh, I just well, had so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she would be reading books while I was playing, man. That's one of my favorite memories because it was like a daily thing. My mom would always take me. And then with my dad... My dad and I, I had fun just being in the car with him because he would go run his little errands, get his car washed, go say hello to like 50 people. And I ain't know none of those people. They were just like, oh, hey, look, Clayton, how you doing? I'm like, hi. And he's like, oh, smile at him. And it was just, uh, those are my good and great memories from childhood. Mm-hmm. What do you think uh, one of yours is from your son so far? Um, meeting a lot of women. Oh wow! Because you first of all, you've only known him five years. Like I know this is your son. 
But you know other people longer. Bro, my son starts, he starts switching up on me when he get around mm-hmm. women. He start, he start punching me, all kind of, he be trying to be macho. Like, I'm like, bro, I never switched up around women, bro. We're going to work on this, but I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you get used to it and be, be happy around women because he gets super excited. He be, he start blushing. Yeah. Like, oh, you're so cute. He be like, dad, dad. <laughs> so I, I know he loves being around women. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The attention he get from that. So, That's yeah. so, fu- he switch up. You got to, you got to correct bro, it now. He switch up, bro, fast. I'm like, bro, <gasps> we don't do that in this family. We he don't switch switching. up. Oh, he be switching up. He turned into like he be want to he be want to box with me. He wow. want to do all. He, wanna, he be showing out. He try to show out. Hey, dad, put him up real quick. Yeah, yeah. Show the funny. ladies what's up. I'm like, bro, everything we do in private, he want to do it in public at oh, that yeah. moment. Everything you taught me doesn't show. Them. I'm like, all right, chill out, bro. Like, Haley, you and your daughter, uh, who's also five, you barely know her. Give yes, it to me. What I some- barely know her. She knows me better than I know her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, her fondest memories, honestly, would have to be. Spending time with her cousins. Mm. She loves her cousin. Uh, she's one's fifteen, Leia, and uh, the other one is ooh, ten. And she just picks up everything. But you know, they live in Michigan. Yeah. Okay. So we have to travel a lot. That's a lot. So of that travel. may be another fond memory because we travel a lot. Yeah. Like wherever I go, I try to take her. I let her. She goes on trips without me, and I love that she's comfortable with so many other people. Ooh, terrified mm. when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Couldn't be away from my mama. You know, the funny thing is I was terrified for her because I traveled a lot while mm-hmm. she was an infant. But then when I started to slow down with travel, she started traveling. And mm-hmm. she's like, bye, mom, deuces. Like, I'm like, but, but you don't need me at night to, like, <laughs> no, tuck good. you in? I'm like, good. You, you I'll sure? I'll be fine. I'll be FaceTime you know? your girl. <laughs> so it was a little weird. But she, she's going to be a traveler. She loves it. She's on the go. She needs. She got people to see things to do. What's so interesting about both of y'all kids is it shows me how strong y'all's genes are because <laughs> both of your kids, I can't see another parent involved in their face. <laughs> they have both of y'all faces. That's, That's crazy, yo. <laughs> Jessica Lee, give it to me. What is one of your fondest memories as a child? Um, I'd have to say it's funny that both the women were put to work when we were younger but it's oh, picking yeah. weeds in my grandma's garden what she used to give me 25 cents oh wow. okay yeah. <laughs> played me wow all that work i was doing manual labor but no that was it, it was it was fun because she taught me about flowers and uh-huh. vegetables yeah. and just like how to work for your money yeah, yeah i used to have to um i didn't work it was actually fun my other grandmother I'm not gonna say the nicer one. That was real, <laughs> but that was my thought. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the one I'm with now. And um, she would, she had this huge garden, and we would go out there and we would learn about different cucumbers, all the different tomatoes, you know. And to this day, I can't wait. That's one of my dreams is to have a garden. Yep. <laughs> wow, how about that? I love it. You know what's interesting is like when you think about being a kid, you want to grow up, and then when you Thanks. become an adult, you're like, man, I miss being a kid. You know what? That's Thanks. what I keep trying to tell my daughter. Yeah. She's like, I just can't wait until I lose my tooth. I was like, what's that going to do? Ooh. What's that going to do? She want that money. That's she's like, she's you, you know what she said? She said, you know what, Mom? You're right. Because then I don't want to have to worry about my period. Whoa. Oh, at five? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. She said, because I don't want to have to worry about my period. But she says it with a T. My period. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, at yeah. five, I didn't even know what a period was until I was like 15. Mm. 
I didn't know until I was like out of high school, bro. I Man, because I was a virgin, you know. I was. I, was I mean, a what do you kid. do when she want to hang on your leg? Like, in, who hang on your leg? I mean, I'm just saying, not hang on your leg, but <laughs> she's like by your side nonstop. Who a girl or your daughter? Oh, your daughter. daughter. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what do you do? It's like, yeah. okay, well, time to grow up. You about to figure out and, and learn what what I'm doing here. <laughs> oh my goodness. So. It's even funnier, and this is a shout out and testament to all my sisters and my mom. I never knew what it was. I just <laughs> saw like um. Like the packaging of them yeah. opening something up in the trash. The and I'm like, oh, what's that? Never knew. But they never told me about it. I and never knew. I never knew. Uh, so lately, I will say that I have been going through a renaissance transition emotionally, mentally. However, something that always helps me get through is knowing, you know what? Hey, it always works out. And Absolutely, it always man. works out. Amen. You've been through the worst of your problems and you've gotten through them. Whatever you thought was the worst thing that's ever happened to you, you made it through it. Uh, so what I would like to ask, Leon, what is something that you would say that you thought was a huge problem in your adolescence compared to now? Uh, so as a kid, mm -hmm. what is something that I thought that was big and tough that I don't see being tough now? You know what's interesting is how you repeat the question. As I'm trying to understand you're it. You're trying to buy time. Go ahead, brother. No, I'm trying to understand it completely. <laughs> um, hey, I don't really... Uh, just besides me being a Compton, I mean, I, I don't really see. Compton uh, sound hard. I'm trying to see yes. what, what exactly do you. For you example, okay. uh, I remember being a teenager and being like, man, this report card coming and mm. it's not going to be what I need it to be. Right. Mm. I'm going to get in trouble, blah, blah, blah. And as an adult, I'm like, I was tripping over a report card, bro. Now I'm tripping off of, OK, let me make sure that this automatic payment is taken care of. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's just a different thing that you're concerned mm, about. Mm, okay. Well, when I was a kid, I, I used to worry about what everybody thought because hmm. I was always, what's it, uh, not grounded, but like I was always protected as mm. far as like I had to be in the house at a certain time. Oh, yeah. When the street lights come on, yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah. So like things like that, like I couldn't go certain places with my friends mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I was always worried about, every time I get around my friends, they'd be like, oh, here it comes. You know what I'm saying? Like they would always <laughs> make fun of it, make fun of it. Yeah. And I cared so much. So I was, that's why I started to act out and mm. really got in the street streets. But now I was like, I don't care what people think about me. You know, it's so interesting because I think... I still care to an extent, but I don't care as much as I did as a kid. And what I mean is I would rather be the person who has a problem with somebody than somebody having a problem yeah, with me. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like if I have an argument, with, I had an argument with a brother uh, three days ago and it pissed me off so much that I was ready to fight. Oh, and then wow. I was like, this isn't who I am, man. Yeah, let yeah. me... Let me let me revisit this because uh, something that Tanja always tells me, she was like, when people get mad, they're rarely ever mad at you. It's something else going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I hit him and I was like, hey, man, I didn't like how that ended, brother. Let's uh, right. we ain't never had a problem with each other before. We're not going to start now. Um, you said it's miscommunication. So what are we miscommunicating? He's like, no, 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 it's all good. I just thought you meant something that you didn't. I'm like, OK, so it truly was both people thinking two different things. And. I'm glad I did that yeah. because I'm grown, bro. Yeah. Like, if I was right. 15, I'm like, hey, yo, meet me at the 7-Eleven. Right. <laughs> and y'all going to make the problem even worse than it is. But yeah. it's like, I don't have time to have issues with anybody. Absolutely. A complete stranger, I have nothing. I care nothing about. Like, if I cut you off in traffic and you start cussing me out, that makes me, no, never mind. Facts. I can tell you yeah. I'm wrong and Facts. keep going. Oh, yeah, I was wrong for cutting you off. Uh, so can I continue? Yeah. So, like, for me, like, as a kid, like, I had to fight. <laughs> 
Like, it was like, it was like, no, it was like no way around. It's like, okay, if we get into argument, we have to fight, bro. Let's, let's fight. Like, now, we have to, we have fight. to it was men, though. Like, okay, we have to fight. We uh-huh. wow. Compton, if we don't fight, we're gonna have to fight somebody. Like, we have to fight. Like, why? Because you'll be looked at as yeah, a punk? Yeah, yeah. That, oh, okay. That, yeah, it's like that. Like, I have to. Like, if, if you piss me off to that point, mm-hmm. We got to fight otherwise. Like it's expected I'm, Yeah, of you it's expected. To just go like, back. it's mandatory. Now, it's like, wow. I, I, since I've been an adult, I've avoided, well, since I've been out the hood. <laughs> since I've been out the hood, <laughs> I've avoided so many fights. Yeah. So many. So I got pissed off, squared up, and I was like, huh. It's part of my wow. pride. So many times to where, mm-hmm. to where I came home, I got a hole in my wall right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because I turned down a fight and was mad because I knew that I should have knocked him out. Mm. Let so, me tell you the difference, brother. You have stuff to lose now. Yeah, As a kid, son. you had nothing to lose. You, the you hood can make Hacks. fun of you. That's it. Now you Hacks. can lose your image. Your kid can be taken away from you. You can do some time and j- all these things. Hey, yeah. what were you about to say? You stepped back and was like, what would Jesus do? Thanks. We <laughs> had that WWJD well, bracelet. Honestly, <laughs> remember them bracelets? I remember them. Oh, the bracelets. Heck yes. <laughs> That's so interesting, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been in a fight because here's the thing. When you become an adult, I feel like things go from fist fighting to wrestling matches with men. Right. It's like <laughs> you try to push them out the way, y'all moving, you just like stuff like that. But like physically punching somebody, because I think now you know the damage that you can do yeah, to somebody. Absolutely. If you I read a story, this guy got into a fight with a guy, he hit him in his head, and the brother, uh, maybe five years later, died from an injury from that particular fight, wow. and that dude was charged with murder. <gasps> Exactly. Some five years earlier. I'm talking about years earlier. He got hit in the head, and that was a direct result in why he passed away. Wow. It just happened a few months ago. A bar fight. A dude hit the other dude. He hit the ground, and he died. Mm-hmm. Because his back of his skull hit the pavement. Well, that sounds uh, instant, but I'm talking about like years <laughs> yeah, but that's in between. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like because these are the things that happen. Mm. The wow. consequences just aren't worth it now. Yeah, because you're only this emotion is gonna last for five minutes. Like the people who were in here before we just did the show, yeah. cuss yeah. them out. Yeah. <laughs> However, I'm not in that mood anymore. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But this moves your mood changes. But that's so it's a not, part of growth, Clayton, mm-hmm. because you have to know how to move on from that. You mm-hmm. can't carry that nice. because people that do become bitter, become different, yes. become mm-hmm. they lose themselves mm-hmm. in emotion. Facts. You know so. It's a part of growth, and a lot of people have to deal with that daily. Have you ever fought Haley? (laughs) (laughs) Because like you have this, you have this sweet girl demeanor. However, you a hood chick, so give it to me. She didn't call hella fades. I I believe it. She didn't call hella fades. No, no, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm always the one that like gets to the point, and I'm just like, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. You know what Hmm. I mean? And it's only been in my younger years. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember being at World on Wheels. Uh oh, and. There was this this guy, the mm-hmm. young boy, and uh, <laughs> he apparently had a girlfriend, but he was all up on me, of and course. he was like the one of the whole school to have, you oh. know. And so I'm taking my chance. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't know. so we get ready to go out, and she approaches me, and I am intimidated <sighs> like a mug by just tough broad. Okay. You know what I mean? Broad. You know, and I'm, cause I'm petite, and you I'm like, petite. oh no, nah, I know, I'm not. I haven't been doing my karate. I don't <laughs> karate. do karate. You know. So I just 
politely kind of back down. Like, you know, well, he ain't worth it. Mm. But he was worth it. <laughs> was he, he though? Was Where he at now? Where he at now? <laughs> Where is he now? Have you I seen him? No, no, no. Wow. Yikes. That's so interesting. Girl, here's the thing. Men, we talk about fighting, man, but women are so dirty. much more ruthless because they play dirty. Like yeah. in Detroit, <laughs> girls would fight each other and they would uh, have razor blades what? under their oh, tongue see, now, see. and they would like slice a girl's face what? or they would hit her in the face with a lock. And I'm like, I fight men. Yeah. They've never been like that. <laughs> Rocks yeah. and socks and Rocks and like oh, women yeah. hurt That's each crazy. other. Yeah. Especially if you're pretty. Oh, it's a yeah. wrap. We didn't do that. I think the worst that we did was embarrass each other because that was the worst feeling you mm. know versus something physical you yeah. heal from that but emotionally it takes Ooh. time you scar to this day yeah facts, facts. yeah so i think we would do things like pants people or just little <laughs> stupid stuff to embarrass pants you like people. all right i got you i, I love that was, that was my favorite game i ain't gonna lie pants oh my god that is the one. <laughs> I, I can wait till the girl pants me like i'm proud go ahead and pants me man or you just trip them real and quick in front of everybody like <laughs> if that was brought to this day can you imagine how people would <laughs> those are lawsuits waiting to happen fam. for me i was having this conversation uh the other day this conversation was crazy first of all i want to remind you you listening kick it with clayton on dash comedy radio sitting with your girl Haley alexis mr leon ross jessica yes, lee you're kicking it with clayton so i'm talking to uh, I'm talking to a young lady, a couple young ladies about this. Not that she, that one's broken, but <laughs> uh, I'm talking to a whole bunch of young ladies and we're talking about things that pretty much scarred you as a kid. And I'm like, you know what's funny is the things that happen to you between the ages of five and let's say 12 years old, you are, deter that determines who you are, your personality. Right. And as a kid, I used to always be told by girls, oh, you're cute for a dark skin boy. Oh, and you wow. develop wow. you develop a complex about wow. that kind of stuff. Or you would hear, oh, you got some big teeth. And then I just start closing my mouth all the yeah. time when I talk mm. to people or, you know, just anything. And people don't realize that when, the, what is it, uh, sticks and stones may break, break your bones or words mm -hmm. don't ever yeah. hurt. Yeah. Words hurt worse they than they anything. They hurt bad. I mean, let me tell you how my mom, she never really whooped us, mm -hmm. okay? The the punishment she would give us is the silent treatment. Uh oh. Mm. And that was the worst. That's a punishment. Thing. I do that now with my daughter, and it, I have to kind of like not laugh, you know, because I'm like, I know it's going to work. <laughs> and it works. And I'm like, how's, yeah. how's, like, how does yeah. this work? But yeah. Because people I don't like to be ignored. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Can't be ignored. <laughs> be, you giving her the silent treatment is the exact same thing how you've given men that you've put in the friend zone. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. <laughs> With you more kicking it with Clayton.
something true. from your childhood that's different now yeah. that you yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, that you're worried about it again. And I'm talking about the fighting. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm going to hit you with that, man. You didn't answer yet? You didn't answer that question? You know what be happening? I'll hit y'all with a question and then we'll jump into a conversation. And then jump into a combo. Yeah. Which is always the greatest thing. Bentley Kyle Hey, man. Oaktown. Oaktown, oh, yeah. You, I kept thinking you were from D.C. Man, why do I keep... You know why I think that? I'm always thinking of... Uh, I met you at the same time I met John Johnson, remember? I don't know if he's from DC, but I always associate. Okay, shot time. Man. Phil is the best. How's the family? Gentlemen, the greatest show on earth, kicking it with Clayton, your boy Clayton Thomas. We got Haley Alexis, we got Mr. Leon Ross, Jessica Lee, we got my man Big Phil in the building, and a guest that I have yet to announce. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a caller. You're kicking it with Clayton. Who am I talking to? And Jessica, you let me do all that shit. <laughs> Sorry, just drop. And the call. It just drop. Now, uh, I will hit Haley Alexis with this. Haley Alexis, the question I asked Mr. Leon Ross before we went to break was, what are some things that you dealt with as a kid or a teenager that you were like so worried about that you're not anymore as an adult? You know what? I was worried about what people thought. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted them to like me. So I found myself doing everything to make them laugh. I wasn't a comedian by, by any, mm -hmm. you know, but um, in their eyes, I did things to make them laugh, you know, and, and in a sense, I dummied my intelligence. Ah. You know what I mean? Mm. Because they weren't as, I don't want to say I'm smart, but they weren't as smart as I was at the time. Mm -hmm. And there were certain things like jokes that I would let go over my head. Mm on purpose just to be like wait what you know what i mean and i know they would laugh or be like oh my god don't go do that Haley," or oh my god you're so silly Haley, gonna do it watch go do it and you know it's you know and, and you know what the crazy thing is it really started to affect me emotionally mm. because i'm like yo this is not me mm. but i'm being this just to please other people oh, for shucking what? and jiving yeah 
for what? And then I'm like, I'm not dumb, yo. I feel like they're out there just saying Haley's dumb. Mm-hmm. And so I really had to be like, what am I fearful of? Like, why, why, why do I need them to be my friends? So, mm. you know, it that I grew from that, and I'm I'm no longer that anymore. I do not like for people to be mad at me, or to you know not want to be my friends. So I do try to say, hey, you know, I'm friendly. So why can't we get along? That's right. what's up. That's hey, that's hey, that is something that uh, I hope that you nipped in the bud then because it is very dangerous going into adulthood. Facts. You seem like. I didn't see you as a kid, but you look so pretty now. Were you the ugly duckling? Oh, yes, I was. Hell I was a tomboy. I was a tomboy. Oh. I didn't care to do my hair. I hated polish. I hated, you know, like I was in the dirt digging for worms to go oh my fishing. God. For your grandma. You know, no, for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that part was for me. Yeah. I liked to climb trees. I was the one trying to figure out how to build my own tree house with the hammer, the mm. nails, learn the Phillips, all of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um... I was working a lot. Like, mm. I, you know, I, I didn't have time for the the cute girl stuff. I did cheerlead. I did basketball. I did all the sports. When did you break <laughs> out and become just the bad bitch? What happened? Two years ago. <laughs> that, that I said was, two years ago? Two years ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> does that to you. Yeah, LA does it to yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so what I would like to do now, did the caller call back? Nope. All right, I'm going to make sure before I get into this. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with great honor and great pleasure that I have this guest here on my show. This man is single-handedly responsible for the success of Clayton Thomas. He's given me my first shot. This mm. brother is a jack of all trades. He's a producer. He's a director. He's a writer. He's a studio head. You might know him from Martin, as you saw on Medi, Mr. Titus. You might know him as the creator of the Jamie Foxx show, Love That Girl, Family Time, In The Cut, Grown Folks. The list goes on and on. I don't have time to run down all his brother's shows. Ladies and gentlemen, a warm round of applause for Mr. Bentley Kyle Evans. Make some noise. Wow. wow. How are you, man? Yo, you should be my publicist, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you, man. What's going on? How you man, feel? Man, I'm just out here still pimping this Hollywood game, man. As you should. <laughs> you know what it is. As you should. I'm great. So tell me, first of all, I got to ask you the question of the day. Question of the day, what is one of your greatest childhood memories? Um, One of them. Well, let's see. Um, I, You know, let me let me just break this down for a minute. <laughs> I have what you call, I had what you call the perfect Childhood. Oh. I grew up here in L.A. Wait, wait, wait. Hold that thought. We got the caller. Caller. I got to get to you, caller. Who am I talking to? You kicking it with Clayton. Damn Ah. it, Jessica Lee. (laughs) You had the greatest childhood ever. Give it to me, Billy Cuyahoga. It was the greatest. I mean, like, I can't pick one special isolated incident that Mm -hmm. was just perfect for me. Mm -hmm. It was all good. I mean, I grew up in Cali. It was always sunny. Um, When you did school, you went to the beach. Um... I mean, I got everything that I wanted as a child. I mean, I was kind of spoiled in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. I spoiled my kids, same thing, you know. As you should. But I mean, it's like not one isolated incident that I can think of. I mean, Christmas was always great. Mm-hmm. Magic Mountain was fantastic. Seeing my grandparents was great. But I tell you, traveling with my parents um, all the way through Canada up to New York because my father wanted us to uh, know the things that we learned about in the history books. So mm. traveling with my parents is probably the best 
the best of the incidents because I love them so much and, yeah. and, they, and you know they were together so it was just a wonderful a wonderful experience mm -hmm. that's you know what's so funny man I've always envied the people who are from here because this is the place everybody comes to Thanks. this is LA this is the place where you've had childhood dreams of coming for me it was Saved by the Bell I was like I gotta get out there because it's gonna be like Saved by the Bell you being from here you get the opportunity to have and we were talking about this the other day for you being from here you see all of the people you grew up with yeah, I mean, it's, it's a trip because it's like, you know, I, people say to me all the time, hey, man, you, you know, you, you, you know that guy since the first grade? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, everybody I know is people I know <laughs> since the first grade because I grew up right here in yeah. L.A. So it's like all my friends are still my friends. Mm -hmm. They still come around and kick it. We hang out the whole nine yards. We all grew up together. Yeah. So all of them were like my 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 groomsmen and my wedding and all. So that we just kick it. Yeah. You know, so this is my question for you, man. I, I mentioned how. And I'm, I like to think that I'm a standout, but I know that you have helped so many of us, man, from actors to writers, directors, producers, uh, editors, everything in entertainment. You've given so many people their shot and their opportunity. Uh, I owe a great deal to the Evans family, Stacy, Niall, yourself. Let me ask you, who's somebody who gave you your first shot in this business? Easy. Robert Townsend. Wow. Say word. Wow. Easy. Easy, easy. Wow. I mean, there were, you know, it was a lot of people that were instrumental in, in um, you know, helping me along the way, you know, mm -hmm. from the Keenan Ivory Wayans family, that family, all of them. But. Oh, no, we're starting with, I, we're going to get Robert. to Robert. Tell me how, because I know these things and I'm, I just want the world to hear. <laughs> how did it start with Robert Townsend? I mean, okay, so I'm going to make it quick. No, no, take your time, brother. We got time. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the deal. It's like. When I decided to get into show business, that's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. uh, the first person that I met was Robert Townsend. My friend Tommy Morgan took me to meet Robert Townsend. We didn't know that you don't just drop by people's house. <laughs> we was 18, but we was knocked on the door like, we're here to sign up for Hollywood. <laughs> we want jobs in Hollywood. How do, how do we get in? So I, I never forget, Robert answered the door and he was in a towel because he had just got out of the shower and he's looking at us like, yeah. And Tommy's like, hey, it's me, Tommy, and I brought my friend. Remember I was telling you about my friend? He wanted to get down, too. Uh -huh. So Robert was doing Hollywood Shuffle at the time. He had just started. And you guys know the story behind that where yeah. he spent his, you know, used his credit cards to finance his film. And I'm in my first year of junior college, and I have nothing going on, right? <laughs> so I told him that I would like to volunteer to work on Hollywood Shuffle for free. Yeah. And for free, again, I'll keep mentioning that for free. And, um, you know, so I basically was, became an intern. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through that, through that experience, I mean, it was on. We were shooting. Then we're down for three weeks. Then we're shooting again. We're down for three weeks. And that happened for about two years. What? Wow. wow. At this point in time, I had already ditched junior college, yeah. uh, fighting with my parents about dropping out all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I knew that that's where I belonged in show business. Um, dealing with Robert Townsend and that whole crew. So Robert put me in the Screen Actors Guild as a, as a kind of a gift, mm -hmm. wow. and uh, and you know as you know for putting in this work. And from that point on, I was able to just kind of maneuver my way up, you know, up the ladder to where I wanted to get. Interestingly enough, I love wow. this. Uh, we got a caller, Carly on the line. You're kicking it with Clayton. Who am I talking to? This is Bo from the D. How y'all doing today? Hey, hey Bo. Bo. Hey. How are you now? Hey, Bo. I'm wonderful. Hello, Bentley. Hey. Hey. Hello, crew. The whole crew. So let me ask the you, Bo. What, <laughs> what was one of your best childhood memories? 
Um, just growing up without no words. Yes. Oh, that Amen makes sense. That, yeah. You know, no worries at all. Mm-hmm. That is definitely something that uh, <laughs> we only had as kids. So that's good. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Because we ain't got it as adults. Trust me. That's we right. got That is a fact. Well, perfect. All right. Well, you know what, Bo? It's always a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you so much for calling in, and we will talk to you soon. All righty. Take care. Have a wonderful day on purpose. Bye, Bo. Right, Bo. Take care. <laughs> Bo was the best. Uh, so. Now, you got your Screen Actors Guild card. Now, a lot of people don't know you were in House Party, brother. Talk about it. I was in House Party. Um, man, I, I wish that footage <laughs> would just die because every now and then you see it scroll across your um, your Instagram page. You're like, they still remember that. But, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, um, yeah, I did I did Hollywood Shuffle, and, uh, and then I jumped into, uh, what is it? I'm going to get you stuck. And then I went in and did my first real speaking line on House Party. Man. And uh, it was great. The thing here's the thing about you, man. Your career is such a storied Hollywood career. Like you've done everything. Everything. How did you go? Because you've always been a writer. You don't just pick up writing. This is something that is in you. Yeah. So how did you take the fork in the road and get into writing professionally? Um, quickly, I saw my first script, which was Hollywood Shuffle. That was the first script. I mean. I, I guess I should have known that actors read scripts, right? <laughs> but you're a kid, and you go, the people on TV, they, that's kind of real. They, they they don't read no script, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then the first time I read a script from cover to cover, I knew right then and there that however this got made, yeah. this is what I'm supposed to do, right? Wow. Mm. Yeah. So um, after reading that script and then reading I'm Gonna Get You Sucker and different scripts that I started reading. Classics. Um, you know, I went to Robert and asked him, how do I become a writer? And he said, oh, <laughs> oh, it's very difficult for your what's your paint job. Oh, it's not going to be as easy as you what think you it would be. Yeah. But what I would tell you is just get into the acting and do that. And then when you get on sets, you get the scripts, you mm-hmm. meet the producers, and work your way that way. I mean, you know, kind of vague knowledge, very vague, vague um, uh, advice. <laughs> but yeah, whatever, yeah. cool, I'll take it. <laughs> so I started writing scripts. I got this. Um, I I got this uh, this software, and everybody was like. My mother was like, you spent how much on this software? And I was like, I'm going to rewrite these scripts, though. It was this thing called Scriptware. Ooh. And I started writing, like, like my own scripts. Like, I would watch the Cosby show, mm-hmm. and then I would write my own episode. Wow. wow. Or change the ending. Mm-hmm. So, nah, Garden mm-hmm. Gartrell wouldn't do that at the end. <laughs> nah. Right? So I started changing up my own, you know, writing my own scripts. Right. And I felt like I was kind of writing in vain, but I just kept stacking up all these scripts, like mm-hmm. Different World, Cosby, my original pieces. I had this one called uh, Me and the Boys, and that Me and the Boys was the script that got me into Hollywood. Wow. Now, here's how that happened. Uh-huh. Okay. Martin Lawrence, mm-hmm. Benley Evans, we're riding down King Boulevard on our way to a Clippers game. Martin tells me, hey, Benley, you know, they talking about doing a series with me. And I said, what, what kind of series? He said, like a sitcom, you know? And um, HBO is going to produce it probably. And uh, I'm asking you right now as a friend, mm-hmm. um, if it happens, what can I do for you now? Because I don't want you to say that I never did nothing for you. <laughs> That's so if you, you want to audition for the Tommy the Cole uh-huh. character, That's you got funny. that. And I was like, nah, you know what I want? I knew what I wanted. Uh-huh. I said, I want to be a writer on the show. Mm. And he looked at me and he said, <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Nigga, you don't write. <laughs> and I said, but I do. Uh-huh. Now, he's shooting House Party 2 at the time. I go to the set the next day with a stack of scripts. Yeah. And I see him, and I said, I don't write, huh? 
Wow. I said, can I put these in your dressing room? So I left him in his dressing room. The next morning, he calls me at 7 o'clock in the morning. And he said, I apologize, man. I'm sorry. Wow. I had no idea. Wow. Can you come to my house right now? Wow. I shot to his crib. Mm-hmm. He said, man, a black man, a black man, early 20s, mm-hmm. writing like this. I'm so impressed, man. Whatever I do, you got to be a writer on it. Wow. Wow. That's how wow. I became a writer. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, I want, man, here's the thing, man. These things are, as you look back, because you've been in the business over 30 years. Yeah. When you look back and you hear these things, this is what these autobiographical movies are about. Yeah. You know what I mean? These are story Hollywood tales, man. Yeah, So you faced another decision because you've always been an actor. You became a professional writer with Martin. However, you blew up on screen as well. So how did you make the decision to choose the fork in the road to stay behind the camera? Um, I mean, I was kind of forced into it, but I'm kind of glad I was. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, I, I had booked a TV series, um, a, a, a starring role with Martin and Eric LaSalle and um, Jim Brown and uh, Isaac Hayes, a few others. And it was a TV adaptation of uh, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker called Hammer, Slammer and Slay. <laughs> and me and Martin played the roles that Kadeem Hardison and Damon Wayans played in the movie. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, you know, I was like, I'm going full force with this acting thing. I, I could actually have a TV series, yeah. right? And then when I started doing Martin as a writer, um, I was still auditioning, still booking little things here and there. Mm-hmm. And, and I booked a, uh, an episode of Doogie Howser, MD. I'm sure that footage <laughs> will come floating up somewhere. somewhere. Absolutely. But um, so I booked this role and I was absent from the show, from Martin. Mm-hmm. So I came, I showed up at the studio later on in that afternoon and Martin said, where was you at? <laughs> I said, oh, you know what? I was at Fox, at the Fox lot. I went over there and knocked out this episode of Doogie. I was just going to be crazy, man. I played this doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking he's going to be like, oh, what? Right. <laughs> he was like this, what? <laughs> I said, no, I was over there, you know, doing the Doogie Howser thing. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, all right. So are you, you going you gonna to do that or are you going to do this? Mm. I said, what you mean? He said, look, man, we're friends. So I'm just going to tell you like this. If you're going to be here, you got to be 100%. This is a career that you can make right here. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to do that, I, I respect that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do your acting thing. But if you're going to be here, I need you here 100%. Wow. So you need to make a decision today. Are you going to be a writer like you told me you want to be? Mm. Or are you going to go ahead and pursue your acting career? Wow. I called my agent that day, mm-hmm. and I said, Susan, I got some very bad news for you. She said, what? I said, I quit. <laughs> she Ooh. said, you quit what? I said, acting. Mm-hmm. I never forget. She cried. She literally wow. cried. And she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm a writer on this new show called Martin. Mm-hmm. It hasn't aired yet, but I'm, the, I'm a writer on here. Yeah. And she said, well, you couldn't at least let me have negotiated your deal? <laughs> wow. I was like, you're a theatrical agent. <laughs> but anyway, that, that was the end of it. And I, and I knew at that point in time that I belonged behind the scenes because I wasn't afraid. Even when I was acting mm-hmm. in front of the camera, I was always afraid. Mm. Really? Always. Really? Always. No way. Always. I've never been the out front guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although it seems like people always want me to be. Yeah. And I've felt like I have somewhat of a personality to be. Yeah. But I, I never felt comfortable. Always, so wild. I've always felt lonely. I tried stand up. I was lonely. I was yeah. scared. Yeah. You know why it's so funny, man? You never know what somebody's thinking because, man, like we're around each other all the time. You're one of the funniest. You're one of the greatest storytellers. And your personality is so crazy outgoing. 
to hear that you're frightened or not frightened, but like fearful, uncomfortable in the spotlight in that sense is so crazy to me. I mean, it's like I look at people like you, performers, and, and um, you know, I used to just marvel at, at, at Martin when I, because I used to go on the road with him mm-hmm. and, you know, when he did Def Jam and all, I was always there. I was sitting on the stage when he did uh, the, was the the the, uh, the movie he did the stand up movie? Oh, he's, talking dirty after dark. No, 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 the movie, the stand up when he uh, you so crazy. Oh, you so right crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting on stage. I mean, I saw this dude. Yeah. Just turn into this mega awesome. megala monster on stage, <laughs> yeah. and I and I looked at him. I I could see how he just loved mm. the attention and loved mm. the adoration. Mm. I did not. I don't think I I wanted that. I said, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I want that. But I was afraid of it, mm-hmm. huh. and so I feel like I I, I kind of stifled myself mm-hmm. from going to be all that I feel like I could have been or uh-huh. still can be. But I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable where I'm at. I'm First comfortable of all, with my skin. It completely worked out. That's yeah. one thing. Yeah, right. But it's like you're so like you're a multi-talented <laughs> guy, man. But when I talk about behind the camera, brother, you have some hits under your belt. I want to know. So you you're on mark. Things are going incredible. You're a writer on there. How do you graduate from writer to being showrunner of Martin and then going on to create the Jamie Foxx show? Wow. Um, so writing on Martin was the greatest experience for you know anyone that's just out of high school and you just don't know what you're gonna do with your yeah. career and, and with your life really. And to be a writer on the show, it was still unbelievable every single day. Yeah. I was on the Universal Studios lot where I used to go you know, when I was a kid for, you know, for the the tour and all yeah. that yeah. stuff. <laughs> and now I'm working on this lot. I'm driving through the gate and the security guards doing like this every morning and mm-hmm. letting me come out. It was amazing, yeah. right? Yeah. And it never got old, mm-hmm. right? So I'm writing on the show and I, I'm, a, you know, I'm a fast learner. I did uh, my first two years as a, as a staff writer mm-hmm. and I quickly found the value of what it is that I do. Mm-hmm. And that was, I captured the voice of Martin. Yeah. And I knew that I was the only one in the room that could do that yeah. voice. And I also knew that my stories, my real life stories, mm-hmm. were the stories that they were using for the episodes. Oh, that's So incredible. I knew my value, but yeah. I also had to learn. And I had some, you know, some really good uh, exec producer, head writers, uh, you know, upper level writers, really teach me to craft. Yeah. You know, Billy Van Zandt and Jane Milmore were this wonderful team and team and they took me under under their belt and was like, no, 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 everything doesn't have to be funny. Mm. It's about structure. Mm. Everything's not about a joke, Bentley. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and they made me realize what it was. So I learned really, really fast and I also found the value of who I was in that writer's room. Mm. So then when the, the showrunner who created the show, when he left, yeah. There was a space, there was an opening. I didn't get it, but mm-hmm. this other guy named Sam did, who I learned a lot from Sam as well, Sam R. Williams. He taught me a lot. He taught me the integrity of running a room and how to be a good judge and how not to get too emotionally involved and let people, let them talk. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you're the good referee. You, you, you choose the plays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I learned how to do that by watching. So after Sam left the show, um, there was an opportunity, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't thinking that I was gonna, that I was gonna be the showrunner. Mm-hmm. I thought that would happen five years later yeah, somewhere yeah. else. But I get this call from uh, from my agent. And they say, "Yeah, man, they want to talk to you uh, at HBO for about this this Martin situation." And of course, the first thing I thought was, "Oh shit, I'm fired." <laughs> 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 and I was in Philly, uh-huh. and um, and I and I flew back from Philly, and uh, when I walked into Chris Albrecht's office, Chris Albrecht was the 
the the the owner, basically the CEO of HBO Independent. He mm -hmm. also went on to run HBO and, mm -hmm. and then Stars. He Stars. created shows yeah. like Sopranos and yeah. and Power and everything Ooh. that we're watching wow. now, right? Yeah. But Chris told me, "Hey man, I don't really have a lot of time for this meeting, so I'm just gonna get straight to it. Um, I can change your career for you today if you'll mm -hmm. take this job." I said, "What job?" He says. I'm gonna make you a, I'm gonna give you a promotion, something. Okay, maybe supervising producer yeah, is cool, yeah. cool, whatever. He says, How would you like to be the showrunner for Martin? Wow. My heart's jumping, yeah. all kinds wow. of feelings are going wow. on, but of course I was cool with it. And I mm -hmm. said, Oh, well, you know, um <laughs> could probably work that out or something. Yeah, <laughs> might work out. Wow. So um he was like this, look, whatever you do, I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna give you this job. Mm -hmm. Don't fuck me. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, what was the words he said? He said, uh, he said, don't ever let me down. Mm -hmm. um, get in there and do the best thing that you can do. But then he said, here's the, here's, here's the, the kicker. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pay you showrunner money. Ooh. Wow. I'm only going to pay you supervisor producer money. Mm. So wow. That's the difference of maybe eight, nine thousand dollars per episode. Wow. So wow. I'm going, is this a, in my mind, is this a racial thing? Right, right. Not, right? <laughs> so I asked my agent when we got out of there, I said, man, what should I do? He said, what do you want to do? Do you want the job or not? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, of course, I took the gig. Uh -huh. And then, of course, the next season, my money jumped up to showrunner money. Oh. But it was um, it was just a trip how that happened. So they saw the, the the fact that I was pretty much kind of running the room anyway, mm -hmm. that everybody was coming to me for for advice and I'm getting the calls in the middle of the night. Hey, what would Martin say? Would he do this? And I'm like, hey, man. So all the writers basically told HBO, well, Bentley is pretty much running the room anyway. Right, wow. right. So you might as well yeah. put him in that position. So that has, that's how that happened. Wow. That's amazing. Now, interestingly enough, man, and this is a story of, first of all, for those of you guys who don't know, Bentley Kyle Evans has written my entire childhood. <laughs> like, I would not be interested <laughs> in sitcoms. I would not be interested in comedy yeah. had it not been for this man and his words and his creations. And I had always wanted to meet you specifically because of your logo at the end of... <laughs> At the end of the Jamie Foxx show, obviously bent out of productions, bent out of shape productions, and then you would jump into the hammock at the end. And I'm like, man, yep. and he would be, um, you know, yep. swimming with the sharks would be swimming around yep. you. I'm like, man, I gotta meet this guy. You know wow. what I mean? So fast forward, I would like for you to share the story of how the Jamie Foxx show came about. Ooh, um, so I guess you know the beginning of it was I was still at Martin, mm -hmm. and my agent came to me and says, look, man, it's uh, it's time for us to you know, to, to take your career somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I was going, my career, I'm flying. This is, this is all right. <laughs> I'm killing. I'm, I'm doing good. Show running Martin. Right? <laughs> I mean, Martin was a big deal, yeah, man, man. You know? And so he said, look, we're going to take you on this thing that we call the tour. I said, what's that? So we go around to all the different studios, and your agent takes you in, and basically you meet the, uh, you know, the executives in charge there, and basically you're basically showcasing yourself mm -hmm. to get an overall production deal, mm. or development deal, I should say. Mm -hmm. So I went to TriStar Columbia, to uh, man Warner Brothers, uh, Wit Thomas, uh, all of them, Paramount, Disney, man. everywhere, right? And I'm meeting with all these execs. So then my, you know, my agent comes back and he says, "Hey man, look, there's two people that want to do deals with you: mm -hmm. the execs over at Warner Brothers and the execs over at TriStar Columbia." Mm. I said, "Okay, TriStar Columbia was offering much more money." Yeah. But my agent said, but I think if you go with Warner Brothers, mm -hmm. it's much more prestigious. Mm. 
So I went with Warner Brothers. I signed a deal with Warner Brothers. My first deal with them was for a two-year deal. And as I'm there, I'm still I'm still working at Martin, mm -hmm. and he don't know about this, <laughs> by the way. And, and Martin was not the kind of guy, yeah. you, you better let him know soon. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I'm there, and I see this list. They, they sent out a roster. Mm -hmm. And on that list, I'm looking at all the names that Warner Brothers has deals with yeah. that are uh, actors or comedians or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I run across Jamie Foxx's name. Yeah. And the first thing I said was, ooh, ooh, can you guys set me up a meeting with him? Mm -hmm. I, I could create a show for him, uh -huh. and it'll be, it'll be just like Martin was. Yeah. And they were like, well, you know, Jamie's already with a producer. We've already put him with a producer. I said, <laughs> but just can you get me in the room with him? Can you get me in a damn room? So they put me in the room with Jamie. We meet at this restaurant called Daltz and and uh, right outside of Warner Brothers lot. And mm -hmm. Jamie comes in, he's basically giving me the Hollywoods. Yeah. Uh, he ain't really talking to me, just kind of looking at me like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I'm the like, hey Hollywood. man, we met before. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Anybody know Jamie, he ain't gonna get in your face. He, he's back here, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 So we had this meeting and I felt like the meeting was going absolutely nowhere. Uh -huh. So at that point I said, all right, fuck it then. I'm just be real. Mm -hmm. I'm, I ain't gonna, we were not going to do the whole interviewing for, right. for a position. So I said, right. whatever, man. Anyway, man, so he started talking about his humble beginnings in Texas <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what? I ain't got that story, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I grew, up, <laughs> I grew up, my father was driving Lincoln Continentals and shit. We lived in a nice crib. Man, I ain't got no, no sob story, bro. Yeah. You know, so I was just, I was just being real at that point, right? Mm -hmm. I said, man, we had it good, man. I was, you know, I did all right. My, mm -hmm. my parents was all right, right? And so after the meeting, <laughs> I knew that I blew it. <laughs> so I'm driving up uh, Coenga, and my agent calls me, and he says, what happened in that meeting? I said, man, I probably fucked it up. Mm -hmm. He said, go back. They want to meet with you right now at Jamie's office. So what? I shoot back down mm -hmm. to his office on the lot, and he's standing in the parking lot when I pull up. And he said, hey, man. I like that shit you was talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said, you said some shit that really, really, really made me think. He said, you said, you ain't got no sob story. Mm -hmm. you, you, you didn't have that same story that all these people come out here right. and have. Yeah. I said, nah, man. He said, I just respect your honesty, man, and I feel like you and I can do something together. How about that? So wow. moving along quickly, he says, um, um, I'm not going to work with this other other producer. I feel like you can do something for me. We're the same age. We mm -hmm. kind of got that same flow. I think we could do something together. Yeah. So I came to him with a few ideas. Of course, they were all music-driven because mm -hmm. he, you know, he plays and sings mm -hmm. and all that stuff. He was like, nah, I want to do something about a hotel. I said, what else? He goes, that's for you to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, he was on the road doing stand-up, and I was at home writing scripts and ideas up, and I was sending him stuff on the road. Mm -hmm. And then I went, to, I flew out to meet him. I think we were in Detroit, and I flew out to meet him, and I uh, handed him a script, and he was like, "Dope, dope. I got some notes, but dope." And mm -hmm. then we took it into Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers bit. They said, "We like it. Now let's find a network for it." Yeah. So mm -hmm. The network that we that that we were gonna sign with was ABC. Mm -hmm. ABC said, yeah, well, we like it. We'll, we'll do a pilot deal with you. The WB, which was a new network, mm -hmm. they came in and said, forget a pilot. We'll do six episodes with you if you go with us. Wow. Jamie and Marcus King. Marcus King. You guys know Marcus King? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jamie and Marcus King did not want to go with the WB. Oh. I was like this. We can go to ABC and get a pilot. Uh -huh. 
we can go to WB and get years, right. seasons. So we ended up going with the WB, and that's how that came about. Man, wow. let me tell you that's something. Crazy. That is the story that hits our made up. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Kicking It With Clayton. You kicking it with? Clayton. The time go. Thinking about them days now, but we kind of change to get taken. right with them niggas. Uh, uh, stats for them figures. Uh, uh, Start small, we getting larger. Uh, B2K? That seems very B2K. <laughs> I mean, they do have like a reunion or something. Yeah, you know what's interesting? First of all, I never want to stop anybody's bread. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I know they on tour. They got to make that money. Omarion probably was like, all right, uh, let's let's go ahead right. and do something. But why couldn't y'all have waited another year so it would be the 20 years of B2K instead of oh, 2019? Really? You know what I mean? I didn't even... I didn't either. These are the things I think about. Anyway, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, kicking it with Clayton. I got Haley Alexis. I got Mr. Leon Ross. I got Jessica Lee. And I have our very extremely special guest, Mr. Bentley Kyle Evans. Bentley, before we went to break, we're talking about a couple things. But right now, I need to know. We're talking about you so ornamenty, man. We're talking about Titus. (laughs) How did Titus come about, brother? Um, You know, it's it's funny because different things happen, you know, in the writing and stuff like that. And what happened was we had... We had written an episode, and we were doing run-throughs on the stage. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, Martin was not happy. Mm-hmm. He wasn't feeling the episode. He was like, something's missing. It's just not popping. And he was just really in a really bad mood. 
Now, I, I looked at that and I said, okay, I'm going to take a chance here. Either I'm going to make him laugh real hard yeah. or I'm fired. <laughs> you, you just didn't know. Right? You just didn't know. So I walked up to Martin. He was, he was walking down the stage with a frown on his face. He was all balled up, just mad. Mm -hmm. And I walked to him. I said, what's wrong? <laughs> and he looked, he looked at me and said, what? I said, nigga, what's wrong with you? Why you acting like that? <laughs> and he went, Billy. Hey, man, I said, oh, you tough now? You so tough? Ooh, you just, just as tough as you want to be with your little tough self. I said, ain't nobody scared of you, right? And he was like, this, hey, man, hey. And I was like, all right, man, all right, all right. And I walked away, right? Yeah. So I get up to the writer's room. I'm there for about an hour, and all of a sudden I get a phone call from the first AD. And he says, man, Martin would like to see you on stage right now. Here it go. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I pissed him off. Yeah. Packed my office. Right? <laughs> and so when I went on stage, he just had this real look, this funny look on his face. He went, hey, yo, uh, are you, why don't you do that, shit on the, uh, do that shit on the show? And mm -hmm. I said, what, what, what shit? <laughs> he said, you know that shit you was just doing? Nah. It was, it was yeah. an hour ago, right? So I was like, nah. He's like. You know that little shit you was doing, you fucking with me, talking with the little gay role, and you do that shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I ain't doing, <laughs> oh, no, I ain't no, doing no. that on TV. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he said, why not? I said, man, come on, man. I ain't doing that. And he goes, nigga, I put on a dress every week, mm -hmm. and I switch my ass to the bank and cash that check. <laughs> you better do the same thing. So that's how it came about. So he said, write a scene where we could kind of play with each other, right? Yeah. And so I did this. It was a scene where he was at this uh, this party at Gina's apartment. Mm -hmm. And he's like holding up strawberries, trying to get Gina's uh, uh, attention because they were practicing uh, abstinence, right? Yeah. And so. One of the greatest episodes. <laughs> so my thing was, I see him wiggling the strawberry in front of his mouth. And I'm, I'm thinking he's trying to holler at me. Yeah. Right, so I roll over to him and I said something. Uh, I don't even remember what I said, but it was so funny. It was like, is it moi? <laughs> I mean, so you, you, you know, you have the strawberry. Is it moi you're looking for? <laughs> and so, you know, we got into this big back and forth thing. And, and uh, you know, he called me one, Robin Hood, one of Robin Hood's married men or something like that. It was really funny. <laughs> and so at that point, he was like, yo, that was hysterical. Mm -hmm. Right? And we just did it in a one take. Yeah. And so he said, I do it in another episode. We, so we just kept bringing the character back. So it was like one of the things about the Martin show we had, like, you know, where you had Bruh Man, it stuck. Yeah. And it was supposed to be just a one-time pop. Mm -hmm. Hustle Man came, Tracy came, Morgan. Yeah. It was like he was supposed to come once. Mm -hmm. Pop, it hit. Mm -hmm. So every time we just kept doing, you know, doing different tryouts with these different characters, they would always hit. Yeah. And if they didn't, you, you would just never see them again. Like, yeah. King, like King Beef. Oh, King Beef? <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite characters was Titus because I feel like one of his greatest episodes was the DMV episode. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I just saw that episode, too. Oh. I just saw that one. Titus was... First of all, <laughs> shout out to you guys as costume and wardrobe designers, man, because yeah. they because you got to understand, if you don't know Billy Kyle Evans, Billy Kyle Evans is 6'4", 6'5". You're 6'5". Don't, don't cut my intro. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing a guy who's 6'5", and you got, they had you in this green see-through jacket that was like pleather, <laughs> and they had these dress pants with the earring. Man, so funny, man. Man, I don't know where Valerie was our, our, our wardrobe. I don't know where she would get stuff like that. <laughs> and she would just bring it to me. Will you put this on? Can you put on some earrings? I was like... Come on, man. We gotta make the cap. We ain't gotta do all that. <laughs> but she would just come with the greatest stuff, man. And we would just have fun. Awesome. That DMV was great. I love that episode. Greatest. <laughs> Use a tough piece of leather, but you're so well put together. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I stole that though. I stole that from Little Richard. What? Yeah, he said. He said that. He said that. I was talking to Little Richard. He had did a uh, episode of Martin. Uh huh. And he said that he was like this. You and Martin put all this stuff together. <laughs> ooh, child. He was like, ooh, you is a, ooh, you, he's a, just a tough, tough little piece of leather. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm stealing that. You know, it's so funny, man. Art imitates life a lot of times when you get inspired by so many different things. I've been fortunate enough to hear so many of these different stories of the creativity. You're a writer, you're a producer, you're a director, you're a studio head. You balance so many different things, man. How do you find time to balance without going crazy? I mean, it's all I do at this point. I mean, I'm out the club. Mm -hmm. Too old for that. Um, I'm pretty much at work or at home. Yeah. Or, you know me, I like to travel. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm not doing one of those, I'm at, I'm at the studio. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I created this, uh, I created this studio because Hollywood pretty much stopped calling. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was like, just because Hollywood's not calling doesn't mean I have to get out of show business. Right. So mm -hmm. I'll do stage plays, whatever I have to do to to get my, you know, my, my, my expression out there, yeah. right? And so I created this studio so that I could, you know, work. I'll just work for myself. They won't hire me as a director, I'll hire myself. They won't hire me as a producer, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, I haven't failed yet. So finding the time to do it, it's just really, it's a love. It's, it's really a labor of love. So it's like, it is the time. Mm -hmm. It is my time. This is what I do. Yeah. So being a studio head, I don't like that title so much because <laughs> sometimes you have to be the bad guy and I don't like doing that. Yeah, yeah. But um, as far as writing and producing, directing, writing, because I get to write with you and other writers and, and other comedy uh, geniuses, so it's a lot of fun being yeah. in that part. But when you have to write by yourself, uh, <laughs> producing, uh, I don't like that job. Uh -huh. But directing, I love that mm. shit. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool, directing. So um, I just find the time, man. I just do it. And uh, like I said, it's it's never it's not work. Yeah, It's just what I do every nice. day. I get up and I'm excited to get out the door every day. Man, I got it, man. You are, Leon, uh, Haley, you guys don't know this about Bentley. Bentley has spoiled me so much when it comes to the writer's room, bro, because being in the writer's room with Bentley, it's a fun and, and welcoming environment. You guys are happy. You literally playing all day. You playing from 11 till six or seven and you just having fun. And then you go to other writer's rooms yeah. and it is nowhere near it. It's like everybody's in their head. Nobody feels comfortable. Mm -hmm. The jokes ain't hidden. It's not, it's just like, uh. So my question is, because hearing how you came in, especially with writing, what made you set your writer's rooms apart from everyone else's? Um, well, you know what, to tell you the truth, even, even on the Martin show, mm -hmm. um, our writer's room was fun, man. Mm -hmm. We had so much fun, you know, we just, that was the show. Trust me when I tell you, we we talked about all the actors. We yeah. talked shit about every actor, all of them, Tashina, Tisha. Yeah. We used to talk shit about y'all if you listen. Um, and we used to just have so much fun and stuff. So, But I saw that it was a free environment. Mm -hmm. And I used to go over to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and I saw how tight their room was. Mm. My boy used to write there. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, dang, I don't want to write over here, right? <laughs> we, we had so much fun. It was like... It was like the black people took over Universal Studios. Yeah. yeah. We was riding around on golf carts and <laughs> baseball caps, backwards, cross colors. What up, nigga? Like all that stuff, right? So, but it was so fun. So then once I started doing the Jamie Foxx show, it wasn't as fun in the room because now I'm more of an executive. Yeah. So I, I you know, I have to be responsible. I got to, you know, go to meetings. I got to yeah. put other people in place to run the room when I'm not there. Mm -hmm. 
But then, but I did know that if you allow writers to be themselves mm-hmm. and and don't shoot this stuff down, mm-hmm. encourage them to pitch. You yeah. know, I used to say, there's no such thing as a bad pitch. Yeah, just pitch it. Mm-hmm. If it's bad, we might find some good in it yeah. and build off mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I I always uh, encourage my writers to just have fun, tell stories. Whenever we start the writers' room, and you can attest to this, yeah. every single day before we even start. We all say, let's get the bullshit out. We all tell stories. Yeah. <laughs> what happened this weekend? What your mama was wearing? Who cooked what? Yep. Where you went? Because that breeds great, you know, great comedy and great stories. Yeah. So I, I believe in letting everybody talk and get their voice heard. Um, the younger writers that are just starting out, mm-hmm. I treat them just like they've been there for 10 years. Yeah. Because I want them to learn. Mm-hmm. I put so many writers in the business that are doing great right yeah. now. I mean, Big, big writers like Mara Brocka Kill. Mm-hmm. She's killing the game right now. She's wow. in my writer's room. Yeah. You know, Kenny Smith, I brought him from an intern. He's running blackish right now. Mm-hmm. And I and I I, you know, encouraged him always. And there were so many others that it, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah. But because of my encouragement, you know, like, hey, put it out there, mm-hmm. you know. Even if it was horrible, I knew how to tell you your script was horrible and make you feel good about it. Oh, that's a fact. <laughs> Man, let me tell you something. I remember, and this was, because first of all, Bentley has this energy to just make you want to be better. I remember maybe season, it was the end of season two of Family Time. <laughs> and I was like, hey, Bentley, I wrote my own show. I want you to <laughs> listen. This, first of all, the mechanics were not worked out. I had never pitched anything to anybody before. I was like, Bentley, what do you think about this? And the way that he made me feel in the no made me feel like it was a yes. I was like, yeah, all right, cool. So, uh, yeah, so Tange, I think, you know, I just think we're going to do another show. And she said, what did Bentley say? I was like, well, he said, you know, not right now, uh, but uh, <laughs> let's revisit this, and this is cool. You know, I like what you got there. And she was like, he said no. I was he- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're going to do it or something. She was like, no, it's not going to happen. I was like, I can't kill a dream, man. I can't kill somebody's dream. I just feel like, you know, you might be able to say, hey, Bentley, well, I appreciate your advice, but I'm going to go do it anyway. Well, uh-huh. do you do that? Yeah. You know, you do that because if you believe in it, it's nothing that anybody else can do to stop it if you don't stop it. Which is wow. what brings me to this point. You did a show called Love That Girl. Love That Girl was a very untraditional way that you went about this because you come from big studios. You come from getting the budget first, then shooting everything. With Love That Girl, you went backwards. You decided to get it funded. You decided to write it out before it was even picked up and then shot it. Can you tell me about that process? Really quick. I um, I was, again, I was out of work. Mm-hmm. I was doing real estate. I got into flipping real estate. Man, I sold houses. I sold Kevin Hart his first crib. Mm-hmm. I sold Chris Spencer his crib that he still lives in to this day. <laughs> I mean, I was selling real estate. I was like, yeah, this is cool, right? Yeah. That's what my pops used to do, yeah. right? But then the market crashed mm. in 2007 and it was like, and Ooh. then the Writers Guild strike happened too. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> back, Maybe I back. can, you know, get on at the Home Depot. <laughs> <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad, man. Real bad period. And so um, my agent called me and he says, do you know, uh, have you ever heard of a, of a Tyler Perry? Mm. I said, yeah, 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 I know Tyler. You know, I, I, that's a different story. But I yeah. said, yeah, yeah, I know Tyler. Well, he's got a studio in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, I know about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you consider going down there and, and uh, writing a show for him? I said, yeah, well, whatever, definitely when. Yeah. He says, well, you know, I don't think it's a good idea. They <laughs> had no idea what Tyler was going to become. Right? right. But if you can get on a plane tomorrow, they want to meet with you. So I said, yeah. So I fly down to Atlanta. I get down there. It wasn't the greatest experience, but I get down there. I'm seeing this Tyler Perry studio, and my mind is blown. Yeah. Wow. Right? I go on the lot. I'm in the room with all these different writers that they're meeting with, and 
Uh, Greg Sheldon was one of my friends. He was down there. Mm -hmm. So we were all hanging, uh, Rodney Barnes, a bunch of us, right? And what ended up happening was I'm there for like four days and I never meet with Tyler. He comes in the room one time and mm -hmm. thank you, Bentley, for coming, brother. You know, good to see you, brother. Mm -hmm. All that, right? But we never had that meeting. Yeah. So I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm just getting paid to be here. So what's up? Yeah. So they were like, um, well, while you're here, would you like to write an episode of Meet the Browns? And I said, like, well, you know, how much you pay? They were like, um, 20000 I was like this, uh, how many? <laughs> <laughs> when wow. do you need it by? Right? When do you need it by? <laughs> I'm like, wow. 20 stacks right now? All I got to do is just write a script? Yeah. yeah hell yeah, I'll yeah. do it, right? So um, I wrote a couple of episodes of that, and then I came back home. But when I, when I came home, I realized that, that I had to start my own. But let me, really quick, mm -hmm. let me tell you, let me tell you, it wasn't Tyler that changed my, out, my outlook. Mm -hmm. I met this guy named Will, Will, William Hollins. Uh, while I was down there working, you know, doing the Tyler thing, one of my family members took me out mm. to, to meet this guy in the middle of the night. He says, man, let's take a ride with me. We go to this, it was like a mini mall, like a mini shopping center, right? Mm -hmm. And it was closed, Every, all the stores were closed, but there was this one storefront, and this brother came out, he was dressed in a suit and tie. It's 11 o'clock at night. Wow. And he was so stately, and he said, <laughs> Bentley Kai Levin, brother, what a pleasure it is to meet you all the way down here in Georgia, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, hey, all right, brother, you know, Martin Luther King, what's up, bro? You know, because he had that, oh, that, that presence, right? Yep. He said, look, man, uh, I want to talk with you. Can you come in for a minute? So we go inside. I'm looking at my, my man, Eddie, like, man, where you got me? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he pops in this DVD, and he shows me this sitcom that he did. Mm. And it was starring Jasmine Guy and a few other people. I'm blown away. It looked great. Yeah. You know, the... the the execution and the writing, okay, that's questionable. But mm -hmm. it looked great. Yeah. So I'm like this, yo, man, what is this? He says, I created this. I directed it. I shot this. Wow. I said, what? Where, where'd you do this? Mm -hmm. Take a walk with me. <laughs> <laughs> we walk down this hallway. Yeah. And we get to this, it's, we're in a warehouse. Mm -hmm. And he opens up these doors and my heart almost dropped. I saw a room full of sets and lights and stuff. Wow. And I was like, but it was like, it was a, an experience that was a real life-changing experience. Mm -hmm. When I saw this, he said, yeah, I shot it right here. I said, who built this? He said, my set makers. So wow. all these years of doing Jamie Foxx, Martin, and all these years, yeah. I never took the time to just go up and touch a set mm. to realize it's just plywood. Yeah. To just realize that, right? <laughs> I never took the time to just realize the, the, the mechanics of what this was. Yeah. And I looked up and I saw the lights and I said, man, do you mind if I just sit down for a minute? And just, mm. I sat down in the middle of the floor mm -hmm. and I was tearing up because I wow. was like, man, I, I couldn't have figured this out. Yeah. And he, he was like this, brother, this is what I'm here for, brother. Mm -hmm. He said, we know who you are down here in Atlanta mm -hmm. and we support you, man. You, you, you can do this. Mm -hmm. So he brought me back down there a month later to direct like four or five episodes of a show, of that show. Uh-huh. And after that point, I was like, I'm going home and do my own shit. Yeah. And I came home, and that's when I got the idea. And me and my partner, Trent, we was like, look, look, let's do this. Yeah. We, we, we decided to do this love that girl thing. Mm -hmm. I know it took a long time to get to that, didn't it? No, here's the thing. This is what you don't understand, man. This show is for this reason. I don't do this show to sound like other podcasts or do what everybody... I don't want to talk about, yeah, so you know, uh, 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger's in the... I don't do that shit. Like, this show... 
is for the dreamers. This show is for the people who are in those flyover states that want to know how to get to their dream and how to hear about how somebody they respect and admire how they accomplish their dream. So you're never long-winded. You never uh, have to rush. This is what this show is about, brother. So continue. All right. Well, back to the win. here's, Here's the thing. When I came home, I was so excited about trying something new. Yeah. But the the scary part was, like, you don't know what the destination is. You don't know what's going to happen along the way. Right. Right. And I talked myself out of of the fear. I talked myself Mm. out of being afraid. As a matter of fact, I said, I'm going to create a show, and I'm not only going to just write a pilot, I'm going to write, like, 10, 15 episodes of this. Now, any other writer in Hollywood would say, nigga, you crazy. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing, right? But I said, nah, this is the only way. I have to write this thing as if it already exists. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in my life, I actually focused all of my attention into something. Mm. And I realized as I was doing, I was like, it's happening. It's happening. (laughs) And it's cliche to say, people say, man, focus, rather focus. I really focused all Mm -hmm. my attention. I got up in the morning. I wasn't shaving. I wasn't combing my hair. I was like, (laughs) get to that, get to that desk and type. Yeah. So I started writing these scripts. Uh, I got the idea from uh, when I was a kid. I used to watch Mary, Mary Tyler Moore show, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, I want to do a female-driven show and kind of like the black Mary Tyler Moore. Let me, yeah. let me see what that would be like. <laughs> and so I hooked up with uh, my friend Raphael Sadiq, who had a, a music studio. Mm-hmm. I hooked up with Nia Long. Nia Long. I hooked up with uh, uh, Trent Gums, my partner. And I said, this is what I want to do. So we got into the negotiations, and Nia and I, we went to high school together, so we was cool. How you know? crazy is that? And uh, and Regina King, uh, Oscar winner, we all, you know, we all came <laughs> up together. We all grew together. We went to school together. But um, Nia, we could, you know, we couldn't work work the deal out. So somebody introduced me to Tatiana Ali, mm-hmm. and she became the girl and, and loved that girl. So what it was was I wrote these I wrote these scripts, and then my sister was like, "What's going on with you? You ain't been out the room in like ten days." <laughs> and I told her what I was doing. She said, "I'll write a couple." Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So I got her involved. Yeah. So now I have all these scripts, and it's like, people are like, what show is that? Mm-hmm. I said, it's my show. Ah. Yeah. Um, I knew I had to get some money. I went to Martin Lawrence, and mm-hmm. this is the thing I said to him. I said, Martin, I'm doing this show. Well, let me let me back that up. Mm-hmm. Martin and I are on his jet. Not yeah. his jet, but a jet that he <laughs> rented. Yeah. And he's I'm typing, and he's like, what are you writing? I said, oh, man, I'm writing this script for this show. Mm-hmm. He's like, what show? I said, this thing called Love That Girl, you know, I'm just putting it together. And he was like, well, what you going to do with it? <laughs> I said, well, um, I don't know. I'm just going to shoot. I just believe build it and they will come. Yeah. Build it and they will come. And he was like, all right. So about three weeks later, I'm at his house playing ball. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what happened to that, that show you was talking about? I said, oh, yeah, I wrote all the script and we're building sets around the corner. Mm-hmm. And he was like, around the corner where? I said, Raphael Sadiq's store. He let me use his storage room. We're going to shoot a sitcom in there. Let me go see. <laughs> so he goes with me. Yeah. And I swear he walked into he walked into Sadiq's studio and he looked at me and he went, How much you need? Wow. Watch this. Watch this. Uh-huh. I said, Not a dime from you. Mm. I said, I can't take money from you. Mm-hmm. Because if I take money from you and I fuck it off, that's the end of our our relationship. Mm-hmm. So, but what you can give me that's better than money, let me use your name. Mm. Wow. Just come on as an executive producer. And I'll give you a piece of it. Just let me use your name. Yeah. He was a little insulted that I wouldn't take his money, but he said, okay, cool. Now, I still don't have no money to do this thing, <laughs> but I still felt like build it and they will come. Absolutely. I run into a guy named Jeff Franklin. Jeff Franklin created 
Hanging with Mr. Cooper. He created uh, Full, Full House. House. He created several shows. Yeah. I run into him at the Lakers game. And I said, hey, Jeff, I got, a, I, got, I got this idea, man. You still in show business? He said, nah, man, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much out of show business now. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, well, I can get you back in. Hmm. Wow. What would you think about investing in this idea I got? He was like, what, what kind of idea? I said, a TV show. He goes, that's not how the game works. I said, I know. We're going to change the game. <laughs> Absolutely. So you ever heard of Tyler Perry? He was like, yeah. I was like, something like that. Mm. So he said, come up to my house, and, and we'll talk about it. So I go up to his crib. Uh, he's way up in the hills. He lives in the... He lives in the house where Charles Manson did the murders. Wow. wow. Yeah, he lives in that house, the Sharon Tate house, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're ever going up Benedict Canyon, you know the house because it's beautiful. Yeah. It's just hanging off the hill like a mm -hmm. layer. It's wonderful, right? So I go up there, and we're having lunch. His per personal chef is cooking. Mm. I knew he had some money, so I, you know, yeah. <laughs> I targeted him. So, <laughs> so we're sitting in his backyard, and he goes, no, tell me about this project. So I told him about it, and I gave him all 10 scripts. He called me up and he goes, this is brilliant, man, that you wow. actually would do something like this. I tell you what, I'll give you a couple of hundred thousand dollars, but I don't believe you can do 10 episodes. Hmm. So if you agree to just do four, I'll give you the money. Wow. I was like, all right, I'll just do the four. Mm -hmm. And so he and I and some other writers, we got together and we just did rewrites and rewrites until we felt like all four episodes were ready to shoot. Mm -hmm. Raphael said we could shoot at his spot. And we shot the four episodes of Love That Girl. And Jeff Clanagan, I gotta, gotta give him a shout. Before I got the money from, from Jeff Franklin, Jeff Clanagan came by Sadiq's studio and I told him what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And the dude wrote me a $20,000 check on the hood of his car, I'll never forget it. Wow. And he said, man, see what you can do with that. Wow. It almost made me cry. Yeah. Wow. Right? Wow. You know what I'm saying? You get getting emotional thinking about it because yeah. he didn't have to do that. Yeah. No paperwork, no nothing. Here's a check. Mm. Right? So after he, believed. Get, he believed, man. That's amazing. So we got that. He believed because it was there. Yeah. We had already written it. It was, it was there. Yeah. The sets were already built. And so we shot, the, we shot the show. We casted it. We, you know, discovered people like Brisha Webb. Yeah. And, and we brought Phil Morris in, my old long friend, and all these different people. And we put this cast together. We got Leah Butler, yeah. uh, um, Lee Daniels' sister, to, to, to cast it. And we put this thing together, man, and we shot these four episodes, and I was so proud of them. I still, I'm still proud of those four episodes. Yeah. And then I went to TV One and said, hey, I went to a bunch of different places, mm -hmm. but I ended up at TV One. That's who ended up distributing the show. But getting that done was a very long, drawn-out story. I'm not going to go into that. But mm -hmm. I will say this. I ended up giving them the episodes because they said, we can't afford them. Hmm. And I said, wow. how do you know you can't afford it? Can you afford free? <laughs> how about that? And they were like, what do you mean, free? Mm -hmm. I said, just what I said, free. You take these four episodes and put them on the air, and if they get a rating, just order 10 more. Mm -hmm. They took the four, they aired them, and they ordered 26 more. Wow. What? Wow. So that's the love that girl's story without getting long-winded. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Here's the thing, man. That type of thing, first of all, that is literally the reason to go back when you went down there with uh, Will, uh, Will Holland? Will Hollins. Will Hollins. When you got down on that floor, the reason that you couldn't have seen it is because you were in the matrix. You came in, you're like, okay, cool. This is how things go. They taught me the structure of this. I'm a showrunner now, but you'd only been a showrunner under conditions of caviar and lobster. <laughs> Check this out. I was in the producing writing business. Mm-hmm. 
but I wasn't in show business. Ooh, big difference. I didn't get into show business until after the Jamie Foxx show. How crazy is that? Now I'm in show business. Yeah, because now you own your content. Not only that, you've created this and you flipped a formula to where now you taught yourself how to fish. You yes. will never be hungry yeah. again. Wow. Mm. And as scary as that sounds, I mean, you know, you think about it, but yeah, I think that, I think that, you know, just put me anywhere and I can recreate it again because Facts. I've done it and I'm not afraid. Yeah. Ooh, and that's the key, man, not being afraid. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. to, to actually jump from that about not being afraid, a lot of people are afraid to showcase their talents in front of a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, you've never had this problem because before entertainment and all its glory, you were actually in a group, a singing group, brother. And, Same. you know, the name of that group <laughs> was called the oh, Bougie Boys. Oh, oh, why, why would you do oh, that? <laughs> why would you do that? Because the Bougie Boys are the greatest group that nobody knows about. And nobody I ever knew them. about. We should, we should do a movie about it, like the group that never nobody That'd ever knew. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> what was the what was the theme behind the Bougie Boys? And can you give me the chorus to one of my favorite Bougie Boy songs? So okay, so like you know, growing up in L.A. Yeah. Again, Hollywood and record business and all that's in our backyard. Mm -hmm. But you know, you ain't we ain't paying attention. To, I mean, people like you guys come to Hollywood to make it. Yeah, yeah. We're already here. We like this. What? Right. No, like kid actors and stuff like that. They were like a joke in our neighborhood. <laughs> like Todd Bridges, look, oh man, he can't play baseball. He's an actor. He's an actor. <laughs> so it was like one of my friends had a record. Uh, his father had a record store and he had this little record label. Mm -hmm. And he used to press records. Mm. So he was like, you, why don't you boys find me some 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 kids that can rap? Like, what is it, rap that y'all do? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we could figure out something. And so, you know, we lived in... Windsor Hills, Baldwin Hills. Baldwin that's like the that's where I live. We, we, oh, that's where you live. Yeah. That's where I live so right we call now. that Black Beverly Hills, uh -huh. right? Yeah. So we were like, we were a little bit upper class, right? Yeah. We, we weren't down on Crenshaw. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't frequent Slauson. We were. You only use that to get home. We get up in the hill, right? So, so we came up with this concept called, and we should do, we should rap. But we should just do it from like a bougie standpoint. Uh -huh. Everything's bougie. Our nose is up in the air. Everything's Gucci and Louis <laughs> and <laughs> Rodale Drive and all that that stuff, right? Yep. So me and my buddy Kevin and my buddy Daryl, we got together and created the BBC, the Bougie Boys Club, mm -hmm. and we started doing records, right? But um, um, we, we we were trying to figure out what's the song that we could do. So we took I don't know if you guys are familiar with putting on the Ritz, yep. a song called Putting on the Ritz, right? So we took we took that and we flipped it into bougie as can be, are we? And we are the bougiest MCs you'll ever see. Bougie, bougie as can be, bougie as can be. And so that, that was the hook, right? fire, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the the verses were all these bougie verses about how we got caught up in this in these in these gangbang robberies and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and it was like right around the time. Maybe around Boys in the Hood time, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like it was like so perfect, and we pressed the record. Mm -hmm. And you know, of course, we didn't do the work to go around to the record stations uh, and get it on. You know, we didn't know we was yeah. we was some bougie boys. We didn't know <laughs> <laughs> you got to get out there and work, yeah. right? So that's 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 pretty much how that came about. But it was wow. dope, man. We had a, we were dressed all preppy with our you know with our uh, polo shirts and. Collars flipped up and you know just <laughs> kids. We had Jerry curls, but you know they hey! forward. <laughs> Uh, first of all, that is one of my favorite stories, and I love the Bougie Boys. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Kicking It with Clayton. You're kicking it with Clayton. Clayton.
It was me, bound to happen. With you by my side, high tides off on the PCH on the high. I'm like, ooh, damn, look at you. Wow, baby, so beautiful. I wanna give you everything. Make that two knee pass shoots, cause I'm so high when I'm with you. Feel so right when I'm with you. I wanna spend all weekend with you. Cause when I'm alone, I'm thinking about you. I'm what you need, let me be everything that you dream. Come on, girl, let's believe. I believe. Most girls got me bored, and I'm out here trying to make it. I need a girl to push me forward, not make me complacent. Motivational speech. I what have song no idea is this? What this is. 
<laughs> Jessica, you be playing some. Well, I need to get a specific CT playlist. <laughs> uh, we are back with more kicking it with Clayton. I have the amazing Haley Alexis who is doing the master cleanser with special hey, needs Bill and problems. Just gave me this. Yeah. And I'm oh, about nice. to get it right, get it tight. That's what's up. We have Mr. Leon Ross. We got Jessica Lee. Big Phil is in the building. And we got our very special guest, Mr. Bentley Kyle Evans. You're kicking it with Clayton. You're kicking it with who? Clayton. Bentley Kyle Evans, what are the 2019 goals for yourself? Ooh, man. You know, I have a very, very, very busy schedule already for 2019. Yeah. I have enough work, which is a blessing. I have enough work to get me through 2019. But I am going to uh, I'm going to France. I haven't been to France Ooh. yet, so I'm going to France um, in September, and it's kind of like a really secret, so I can't tell, <laughs> I can't give give too much. But I will just say I'm going to France and. Magic Johnson will be there. And hey. I saw, I'm just leaving it at that. Leave it hey. at that. But um, that's one of my big goals to get to France. I haven't been there at Saint Tropez, so I'm going to do that. I love to travel. If anybody knows anything about me. Yeah, you are a, tra I may even do a travel. Bent. I want to do a travel show, but I just got to figure it out. But, that would um, be dope. It would be. But I, um, you know, just that. And um, I want to create probably another show to get on the air. Um, I have a Latin show, which you know about. Mm -hmm. And um, I should hear next week if that got picked up which would be kind of opening a new door for Absolutely. me, jumping into the Latin wow. space. Yeah, because um, it's full Spanish. It's yeah. a full Spanish sitcom. Wow. Full Spanish sitcom. Yeah. And do I speak any of it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, estoy aprendiendo. I am learning. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Which, speaking of that, my mother texted me and said, uh, continue to teach Bentley. That's what she... Right on, mama. Yeah. Right on, mama. So I want to first congratulate you on a brand new season of In the Cut, another season of Family Time. Mm -hmm. You just did a show in Jamaica. Wow. Jamaica, Jamaica. With, with <laughs> IT and Fancy Cut. IT and Fancy Cut. Yeah, man, everything was crisp, man. We had a good time down here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a great time, man. It was, it was. I did this show called uh, The Bigger Boss. Mm. I directed it, and It and Fancy Cat, they're very, very popular comedians down in in Jamaica, mm -hmm. in the Caribbean, and so they knew of me, and we knew a lot of the same people, and um, they tapped me to uh, come down and direct the series. So I went down there to a sandals resort, and mm. I did a workation. That is ah, incredible. Yeah, it. it was it was incredible. So we shot ten episodes. And they're airing right now in Jamaica and all throughout the Caribbean. Wow, that's such a fast turnaround. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, who are some actors that you have not worked with that you would love to work with? Yeah, you know, you know, the cliche is anybody anybody black would say Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to work with Denzel because he's already so established. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, it's like who else would I want to work with? I have worked with. In some shape or form, I've worked with just about everybody that I could Facts. imagine. You know, there's a lot of newcomers that I'm that I'm really digging, like you know, like Chadwick and oh, he's um, the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't met him yet, but yeah. um, so many others that I can't think of like any right off the right off the top. I mean, I love this. Uh, what's the, don't I don't I can't think of her name, but you know the 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 young lady that's from Africa that won. The oh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, she's yeah. dope, man. She's yeah. she's dope. I would love to do something with her. But I just, I've worked with everybody that yeah, I've ever really, really wanted to work with. Everybody that I idolized, in, yeah. in, a, in a sense, growing up and coming up in the game, mm -hmm. I worked with them. That's incredible. Right. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can't beat that. Like, when you get a chance yeah. to work with your idols or meet your idols and just, like, be able to have that connection, like, right. that's the best thing possible. I sat in a room, mm -hmm. and I wrote three scripts. Not, not one, two, three. 
with Eddie Murphy. Eddie How Murphy. crazy is that? They haven't been produced yet, but mm -hmm. we wrote three scripts. Wow. And that was just the whole time I'm sitting in his office every day. Mm -hmm. I'm just blown away going, I used to, I used to listen to his records. Right. It's Eddie wow. Murphy. He's the Eddie king Murphy. of comedy, bro. It's Eddie Murphy, man. He's the reason why I'm doing this. Yeah. There would be, there. first of all, first of all, for everybody who's coming up now, whether you the ages of three to probably 29, people are like, yeah, Eddie Murphy, I've seen Professor Klumperwood. Uh, you don't know the don't impact. Know, He's the know. king. There is no greater king of comedy Eddie Murphy. That's right. The career that he's had and is continuing to have because the brother sitting to your left is in a new movie uh, called Dolomite that he is mm -hmm. in with Eddie Murphy. That. Yeah. See, how about Man. that? How about that? Murphy. What is the biggest yeah. misconception about you, Bentley Kyle Evans, that you would say? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would say probably um, uh, I, I've heard people say that they were uh, intimidated by me. Mm. Uh but it's because of my height. Mm. I'm 6'5", <laughs> two, two, 240 pounds. Yeah. That's physically intimidating to some people, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm probably like the nicest person. You are. Because you know yeah. why? Because I've been mistreated. Um. And I've been talked to, talked down to. And I'm like, I don't ever want to do that. Because yeah. I know we can do this mm -hmm. business without having to do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love, I'm a lover of people, man. Uh, peace. You know, I'm, I'm all about peace, man. You make yourself, you don't make the presence mm -hmm feel like you don't make that because you can literally just stand straight up and look at somebody and be like oh shit he's 6'5 like you come off as hey I'm cool I'm 5'11 I'm 180 pounds like that's the presence that you give so nobody feels bad but then you will have to stand up sometimes and be like hey yo Right. I'm six five. What, right. what the fuck is that? Yeah, I mean, well, you you've seen it a couple of times, and it's not like I'm you know trying to flex or anything. But, no, you know, I'm just human. If you get mad, you get mad, and yeah, if people facts. are messing with your creativity and stuff like that. Sometimes you have to defend yourself. But facts, real. I just like man, just being cool. I like mm -hmm. laughing all day. Yeah. Um, I feel like know. you're somebody who keeps it real. Oh, all the time. You know? As real, so, as, just as real as it can but be. But that can be intimidating to people. No, no, no. I hear what you're saying. But okay, let me give you the difference because, and I'm gonna have Niall on at some point. Niall oh, Evans. <laughs> Oh God! This guy, Niall Evans, is Bentley's nephew. Oh. Niall is—he's six. What? What is he? He's six, 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 six. Probably about two ninety. Yeah, Niall's a big guy, but wow. he—he he never not lets you know <laughs> that he's their presence. But Niall keeps it real and will break your dreams if you oh. allow it. But he's—it's oh, yeah. he, all love. But he's like he'll tell you straight up, like, "Hey, look." You ain't shit. And you're like, oh, oh. Nigga, that, that, shirt, do that shirt is not happening. That's not. That's, yeah. He might like his shirt now, and it's not. It's not. No. Like it. It's not for you. So those are the differences, yeah, man. Billy yeah. Kyle Evans, what was the greatest piece of advice that you would say that you've received in this business? Um, okay, so let me just think about that for a second. Um, it probably came from, oh, I would definitely, I would definitely say, I was gonna say probably from Robert, but it, it would be from Martin Lawrence. Mm. Um, Martin Lawrence told me one day, this is when the Martin show was just getting ready to happen. We hadn't even sold, he hadn't sold the show yet. Wow. But we went into a meeting and when we got into, we we're on the Fox lot and when we got to the office, the receptionist said, Oh, hi, Martin. Uh, your friend can wait here. Wait, let me, because you got, I'm so glad you're telling the story. Everybody who's listening, this is before Bentley got the job of working on Martin. This was right after the conversation where Martin said to him, hey, man, they want to do the show about me. What can I do for you now? Because I don't want you telling me that I ain't helped you with nothing. This was right <laughs> after that conversation. Go ahead. This man. is about a week later. 
I go with him to this meeting at Fox, and you know, I'm like, I'm just rolling with my friend, right? <laughs> Happy go lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and we get up to the office, and the receptionist says, "Oh, hi, Martin. Uh, they'll be right with you. Your friend can wait here." And so, you know, of course, I was like, "Cool, I'll sit on down." Yeah. And Martin said, "Oh, no, 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 no. no. He, he's coming in with me." So then they open the door, mm-hmm. and uh, Chris Albrecht and these other executives are like, "Hey, Martin, how you doing?" Uh, Martin's manager, Topper, he's in mm-hmm. there, and they're all like. Hey, uh, uh, your friend can wait there. He can sit right there. And Martin said, what? He said, nah. If he don't come in the room, I don't come in the room. Mm. So, of course, I'm going like this. (laughs) 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 Nigga, don't fuck it up. Yeah. Right? (laughs) So what ends up happening, we have this meeting, Mm -hmm. and Martin's in the meeting. He's very straightforward, and he's like, you know, telling them that this is Bentley Evans, and this is my friend, and he's a writer, and he's going to be my writer. Mm Mm-hmm. So they were like, well, that's not the way Hollywood works, mm. and he's not going to be a writer. So they introduced <laughs> him to John Bowman, who's in the room too. Yeah. And we all sit in the room and all that kind of stuff, and they're asking me what have I written, and I'm like, um, I got, I, I, I wrote a couple of sketches, Keenan and them looking at him over at in Living Color. But Keenan and them. <laughs> but, but I ain't really had shit except for my spec scripts that I had written, right? Yeah. And so we have the meeting, and... On the way out, we're walking. We get back to, we're on our way back to Martin's car. And so he's quiet. He ain't saying nothing. Mm-hmm. So finally I said, hey, man, um, hey, man, I, I appreciate what you did back there, man. But don't, don't, mess your, don't mess your career up trying to, you know, trying to look out for me. That little nigga looked at me. Mm-hmm. And if you know Martin, that character that he used to play on the show, that's real Martin, <laughs> right? Martin looked at me and said, what? Nigga, what? He said, look, man. I'm going to the I'm going to bat for you. Don't ever tell me no shit like that. The best thing I could tell you that you need to know is that you gotta know your self-worth. Mm. He said, I know mine. I came from the streets. I came from the gutter, man. I don't mind going back because I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. You better you have better learn what your self-worth is. Mm. You better know that you're everything that you think you are. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want to hear something like that again, because we can end this relationship right now. Wow. That was a very quiet drive home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but he was a very serious dude. I'd never met anybody that serious. Yeah. He was like 25 years old, but he was on a mission. Mm-hmm. He came to L.A. like, I'm going to be a star. And they're going to they gonna know who I am. They're going to feel me. Mm-hmm. I'm a California kid like, oh, it's cool, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have that fire, but he taught me a lot. Yeah. Um, just the experience with him. He taught me a lot. He taught me how to stand up for myself mm-hmm. and how to ask for what I want. He taught me a lot of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I give Martin a lot of credit. He's um, he's more than a friend to me. He's family. Yeah, that's family, wow. man. Yeah. Y'all have known each other 30 years. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, your kids grew up together. You guys have always, oh, yeah. man, that's incredible. My kids are best friends with his kids. My, my daughter is best friends with his daughter. Now, I, I know this. I feel uh, extremely bougie about having you on because I know these <laughs> things. However, uh, the people don't know. And that is one of your greatest celebrity stories that you've met a celebrity and they've blown you away. And this person for you would be Magic Johnson. Yeah. And ice cream. So please, please share. Um, but, that, but that's not where we became friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I met, I encountered Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was a phenomenon. Uh, Bill Barner knows because he played him. He played against him in, in, uh, in high school. What? Bill, Bill Barner was no joker. Wow. You just don't know those stories. I did not oh, know. Oh, you don't know those stories. <laughs> Talk to him about it. But anyway, I'm in the, I want to say maybe the ninth grade, mm-hmm. and I'm at Baskin and Robbins. And me and my friends, we used to play this, this <laughs> wow. game, right? You know, like, if if I can't handle it, I'm going to knock your shit out oh. your hand. Right? Oh. 
So I go in Baskin and Robbins, and I come out with a hot fudge sundae. You know, I'm gloating a little bit. You know, like, yeah, I saved my lunch money. I got this, right? Yeah. And one of my friends came from behind just, Ooh. Not only did it fall out my head, it landed on my leg, oh, oh, ice cream, all oh, oh, down the leg, man. and it fell on the ground. And mm. so, <laughs> so um, I'm like just blown away, right? They're laughing, everybody's busting up laughing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so ain't no big deal, you know, trying to play it off. But I'm yeah. crushed. Oh right? yeah. Uh. All of a sudden, I see this brown root beer brown Mercedes Benz S class pull up into a parking space. And Magic Johnson climbed up out of it. Notice I said climb because oh, he's yeah. so tall, he's 6'9". <laughs> and I just saw him just emerge from this car, right? right? right. And all my friends were all like, oh, shit, Magic. <laughs> right? Magic was in his maybe second year, third year of playing for the Lakers. He's a star by he's now. Star. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, what's up, fellas? How y'all doing? So he goes into Baskin and Robbins. So I go inside. How you doing, Magic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they knocked my ice cream out of my hand. And he was like, what? Man, you got to be more careful with that. You can't let them just knock your stuff out your head. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, you going to get you another one? I said, yeah, I, I don't have no money, but, you know. Mm -hmm. He was like this. Get, get him what he wants and got wow. me another one. And then he said, now eat it in here so they won't knock that out your hand. That's love. Wow. That's real talk. <laughs> I've never told Magic that story. What? Wow. Why haven't you well, told him? him? I don't know. It just feels kind of weird, like, saying, like, I knew you when I was a kid. And no. And now we grown, and it's just, I don't know. No. Listen, man, let me tell you something. Something that everybody appreciates is hearing something good that they've done that, yeah. that has impacted somebody. It impacted me. me. Nice. I mean, I became the biggest Magic Johnson fan. Yeah. I still am. Mm -hmm. I love the way this man walks in a room and commands the attention. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that he's become this multi-billion dollar megalomaniac. Mm -hmm. And he said he was going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He said he was going to do it. You know what I mean? When mm -hmm. he retired from the Lakers, he said, I'm going to be a businessman. I'm going to be one of the most successful successful business stories that you've ever heard about. Yeah. Hmm. He owns the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the general manager of the Lakers. I mean, yeah. dreams do come true, and he's the most kindest, Facts. gentlest yeah. individual that makes everybody feel like there's somebody. Absolutely. When you walk in the room with him. Man. Yeah, that, man. <sighs> Bentley Absolutely. Kyle Evans, first of all, I cannot ever thank you enough. I know I tell you thank you literally every day that I talk to you. You do, and I appreciate that. I can never <laughs> tell you thank you enough for how you've changed my life, how you've helped me, man, how many people that you've helped, how many ideas that you've helped create, how many shows have you gotten on the air that have changed people's lives. What is coming up for you, and how can the people find you? Well, um, like I said, we got, uh, we have another season of In the Cut that will air in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, another season of Family Time, which you will be gracing the screen Can't on wait. that, yeah. <laughs> reprising your role of Donnie. Yeah, um, man. That will air, I think, in October. Um, other than that, my bigger boss show that I directed is playing right now. Currently, I've got um, we got a project that we're working on with Master P. You know about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That may come to fruition. I mean, there's a lot of different things on the table. My uh, my show that I did with the uh, the folks out of Mexico, that should happen. Um, there's a lot of movie ideas I have and a lot of TV shows that we've worked on together that you've helped me helped me with that I hope, uh, you know, come to light very soon. So that's pretty much it right now in the near future. Um, the distant future, I don't, really don't know yet. Mm -hmm. um, it hasn't been written. We got a caller right now. I want to I take this last call. Caller, you're on the line. You're kicking it with Clayton. Who am I talking to? 
This is Tangerine. Hey. Tangerine. How are you now? I am fantastic. First of all, shout out to Haley for being on time today. I just wanted to say that. Hey, you know what? Thank you for noticing that. Thank for you. Second of all, I want to say that this show, first of all, Kicking with Clayton is an amazing radio show. Clayton, you are so good at being a host. You're so yeah, you good are. at getting yeah. great people to interview. I have been stuck in my car in the middle of running errands, glued to the speakers because <laughs> Bentley's interview is so damn yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, Thanks. Bentley. And the crazy thing is, I've known you for years. Thank I you, know. first of all, for hiring me on various shows and for all these seasons that we're getting to do together on Family Time. But I've learned so much about you from listening to the today's interview that I didn't know. So this is just so dope. I just had to call and say thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I love you, and I love your husband. I love you guys. So this is fun for me. and. And, um, you know, it's, it's, we're having fun. It's like I'm all about fun. I love having fun. No drama. Yes, yes. And um, you're going to have to let us hear some of the Bougie Boy songs when we get back to the set. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to find them. I got to find them. Clayton's already asked me about it. I'm like, I think my mother might have them on, like, like something real at home. But Man, I got to find it. I want that shit on iTunes. That, right? Ooh, thank yeah, you so much, Yeah, and we need to sneak it into an episode of Family Time in the background. Let's see who notices. But, yeah, uh, anyway. yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> Good idea. Cool. Thanks so much right, for the call, Tash. Thank you, Tash. Bye. Bye, Bye, Leon. Bye. Cool. <laughs> Leon, what's coming up for you? How can we find you? Uh, well, um, beside the movie with Eddie Murphy coming out, um, yeah. Aside from that, uh, I'm gonna be on Family Time the next season. Other than that, man, y'all can follow me on Instagram, Mr. 100 underscore Leon Ross. That's I it. love it. Losing more weight, brother, yeah, slimming man, down every yeah, week. Man. Yeah, man. Doing his thing. Haley Alexis, what's coming up? How can we find you? Um, You can find me at Haley Alexis, H-A-I-L-E-A-L-E-X-I-S on IG. Um, coming up, honestly, I'm just going on more auditions. Mm -hmm. um, I need to, I'm, I'm going to be spending more time with my daughter mm. <laughs> instead of these auditions and everything else. But um, just some commercials that I'm doing. But Nice. Yeah, more, working on it. The more dope-ass CT sketches. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, yes, yes, that what one. I would like to say is I appreciate what's going on. I didn't get a chance to give my my, my tags. My first you, you know what? You did not give your at tags. Bentley Evans. At, at everywhere? Bentley Evans. At Bentley Evans. B-E-N-T-L-E-Y-E-V-A-N-S. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. 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 So I should see some new some new people to follow today. Oh yeah. I love your <laughs> I love how you are on Instagram. I love your motivation on Facebook. I want you to get back to how you would do the morning motivations okay. outside of the mansion that you don't like to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Kicking with Clayton. When I look to the left, I see nothing but super talented, incredible people that I am lucky to have. And when I look to the right, I see nothing but green, which means growth, which we are always doing. Ladies and gentlemen, always visit your boy at IamClaytonThomas.com. You can find the YouTube, the Facebook, the iStar, the Instagram. I appreciate you guys as always. You're kicking it with Clayton. 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 If you got a situation, we gonna take the perfect route to work it out. Oh, yeah. Now I hate when we gotta argue, cause at night you make it hard to sleep. 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 And I check my phone hella time just to see if you said anything. Thinking of me, uh, hop on the ground, scrolling through your pics, thinking like, damn, my.